When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To College Football Live, presented by Zillow. LSU defensive tackle Mason Smith out for the rest of the season with a torn ACL. That injury came in the home opener against Florida State this past Sunday after he jumped up in celebration following a strong defensive stop. Ole Miss will give sophomore quarterback Luke Altmaier his chance to start Saturday when the Rebels host Central Arkansas. Coach Lane Kiffin says Altmaier will take the first snaps of the second game of the season after USC transfer Jackson Dart started and played the majority of Ole Miss's opening win over Troy. We continue College Football Live this afternoon with breaking news. Our senior insider Pete Thamel joins us with some quarterback news. Pete? Wendy, this just broke in the, in the last couple minutes, and it's big news for Wake Forest and the ACC. Sam Hartman, the Demon Deacon's starting quarterback, has been medically cleared by the university's experts after a non-football-related medical issue that he suffered on August 9th. Uh, the school just released something that said Sam Hartman had essentially a blood clot, something called Paget-Schroeder syndrome, and this occurred as a result of a previous infection that caused the inflammation. So Sam Hartman has gone through a battery of experts and tests. He's been cleared, and he'll be number one on Wake Forest's depth chart later this week. And if all things stay the same, he'll start in a big game for Wake Forest at Vanderbilt on Saturday. Pete, thank you. Good news for both Hartman and the Demon Deacons. We'll be back with you in just a minute. But first now, an updated AP poll. We've played a full week of college football, actually a week and a half, really. Uh, Georgia jumps Ohio State for the number two spot. Michigan up four spots to number four as we see Clemson drop back to five. Notre Dame goes from five to eight. Utah tumbles six spots to number 13 after losing to Florida. The Gators, by the way, go from unranked to number 12. NC State drops five spots to 18 after its loss. And BYU folks up four spots to 21. Tennessee 24th before their matchup with 17th ranked Pittsburgh, Oregon drops out of its uh, drops out after its loss to Georgia. Those brought to you by Goodyear. So again, the first regular season rankings out. And Greg, are you satisfied with how the top three shook out? Uh, I actually had no problem with it whatsoever, Wendy. And if anything, Bama looked great. Obviously, Ohio State not the dominant performance that many people projected. But you could make a fairly strong argument that Georgia should be at number one. Now, now whether or not you want to move Bama off number one after they win 55-0 against a team that won double-digit games last year, that's a difficult thing to justify. But the most impressive and the most dominant performance of the weekend was that of what we saw from the Georgia Bulldogs. Offensively, defensively, even in the third phase special teams, they were completely dominant against an Oregon team, Joey, that I still think is okay. So 
I think Georgia made a real case to be at number one. If we had them there, I wouldn't have had an issue with it. Greg, I was just about to say that we tend to overreact uh, after week one or week two uh, and start moving teams around. And then you jump on here and start talking about Georgia moving up to number one. That would be an overreaction. I don't have a problem, though, with the Buckeyes dropping down to number three, Georgia moving up to number two. Doesn't really matter at this stage in the season. Uh, it was interesting that it was the offense of Ohio State that didn't look great. We expected the offense to put up a lot of points, defense to sort of come around under Jim Knowles, but it was the opposite. And so Ohio State's offense isn't a concern whatsoever. They will get much better as the season moves on. But to see them drop down to number three because of the offense experience is, is very interesting movement early in the poll. Joey, you know what's interesting here? Florida moves from unranked in the preseason up to number 12. What do you make of that move? I don't mind that move either. Uh, I, th I think the way Anthony Richardson played for Florida uh, opened a lot of eyes. Uh, to knock off a top 10 Utah, which is probably the favorite in the Pac-12, uh, the way they did it uh, in dramatic fashion, interception in the end zone after Utah drives all the way down. And this is a veteran Utah squad coming in in Billy Napier's First season, getting Florida up to knock off Utah. They absolutely deserve to be ranked now. And I think you had a little bit of, uh, we got to put them in front of Utah. So how far can we drop Utah? How far can we bring Florida up? It's too early for that kind of thing. But I can understand why they did it. All right, Pete, uh, too early or not, uh, there's always some intrigue after the first week or week or two of the season. Which team intrigues you the most so far? Well, Wendy, I see BYU all the way down there at number 23. They obviously host Baylor in, in what you could argue is the best game of this week. You have two teams that are more nationally relevant, certainly, than Texas has been the past few years. And obviously, Texas-Alabama is the marquee game this week. Baylor, the defending Big 12 champions, go to BYU. But all BYU did was run roughshod over the entire Pac-12 last year. They returned Jaron Hall, who really is in position to have a breakout game on Saturday night. I really like the Cougars in that game, in the altitude, at home, and uh, I really think they have a chance to, to make a leap with the victory. All right, guys, you know what was great is that we had five straight days of college football. We don't have to share the scene just yet with the NFL. Greg, if I said in totality after those five days, your key takeaway, uh, what would you say? Uh, you get to sleep more in the summer to prepare for this Labor Day weekend. No, I, I think the biggest takeaway is the depth of the Big 12. Uh, I think more than anything else, there was no league, I think, that showed better in week one. Obviously, you know, the SEC went 13-1. The Big 10 had a good week, all this other stuff. But the Big 12 in general, the performances by Baylor, even in the losing uh, Texas Tech, uh, you know, I mean, just look at, looking kind of across the board, even in a losing effort, I think all of us had a ton of respect for what we saw from West Virginia and realized they're going to be, it's going to be no picnic when you play against West Virginia. So I think just the depth and the quality in the Big 12 right now is probably the one thing I didn't know coming into last weekend, Joey. And yet I'm leaving week one feeling great about the depth of the league. Yeah, a couple of things I wanted to see was Georgia's defense, Dan Lanning leaving, uh, the Walkers leaving, Davis leaving, all these guys going to the NFL. I want to see if that defense looked the same, and they absolutely did. And then the other one is happy for Florida State. When they fumbled that ball at the end, Greg, when you were saying just let them score, and then, and then Florida State turns it over, it felt like, oh, man, here it is. 
here goes Florida right. State being the Florida State we've seen the past couple years, and then they find a way to win that game. Happy for Florida State to finally get over the hump a little bit. Well, and as one conference shows well, we also had a couple of missed opportunities from the Pac-12. We'll talk more about that as the week goes on as well. We've got so much more to cover. Again, as the college football season just gets underway, there was, however, a fair share of injuries to some starters in week one. We'll update you on who's out and for how long and who might step up. Speaking of which, will the real DJU please step up? Do we have quarterback questions at Clemson? College Football Live is presented by Zillow. There's no place like Zillow. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. They do everything big in Texas. They going up against Alabama. Are you the emperor? Our ABC Saturday night game, a Pac-12 showdown between USC and Stanford. Lincoln Riley and company on the road for the first time this season. Catch the game live 7.30 Eastern on ABC and the ESPN app. Our week one finale on Monday night, Clemson beat Georgia Tech big. But a lot of the same issues that plagued the Tigers last season on display again in this one. DJU up and down, and if it wasn't for a stellar Clemson defense and a few block punts, this game might have been a lot closer than the final score indicates. Here's the head coach. He didn't make a bad play worse. Took care of the ball outside the one play. And, uh, you know, put the ball on the money. And just, you know, um, I thought he pushed through, pushed through the adversity. Coach Winnie, Greg talking about his quarterback, but you know what? There are some rumblings coming out of Death Valley. What should Clemson do at QB? Well, at the, at the time, I don't think it really was a was a performance that would warranted needing to be replaced. I, I didn't think he played as poorly as some people have suggested. Meanwhile, you can just tell at the end of the game when Cade Klubnick went in the ball game how the energy changed, how the urgency changed, how his willingness to take shots downfield opened some things up. So I, I don't want to be someone that's going to be overreactionary. That's never really been my M.O. But I would not at all be surprised if we fast forward a week, two weeks, three weeks, and if DJ is continuing to do some of the things that plagued them at times last year and hasn't addressed them, then we might start seeing a little bit more Cade Klubnick. So you could just tell the energy was different when he was in the game at the end. And I think, Joey, that could be something that they might look into, especially if we keep getting kind of average play from DJ. you got to be spectacular as the quarterback at Clemson. Greg, I agree. I think the only thing you take away from that game was the energy change. Now, I don't know who was in the game for Georgia Tech. I don't know if it's the twos, the ones. You know, you always get that at the end of games. You're not real sure who you're going against. 
but the energy definitely changed. And it was kind of strange, to be honest with you. I didn't feel the energy that I expected to feel from the Clemson offense from the beginning of the game all the way until Klubnik came into the game. It felt like uh, the Everyone wasn't sure what was going on. The offensive line did not play great. There's a lot of pressure in the backfield. Uh, and DJU just didn't look comfortable to me. Now, we don't know if Klubnik plays a whole game, if he starts the game, if he has that same energy. But when he came in that game, things were different. He moved differently. Uh, his energy level was different. And it seemed like the offense picked up in a different way when he came into the huddle. Well, and to your point, Joey, I, I don't think that was lost on a lot of folks who were watching that game closely, which is why I think uh, we, we will continue to hear some rumblings until this gets settled. Uh, we'll welcome back now our senior college football writer, Pete Thamel, as is always the case. There are injuries in week one. Sam Hartman not among them. In fact, quite the contrary. The Demon Deacons getting some news that broke just a few moments ago. He is expected to start for Wake Forest a big game Saturday on the road at Vanderbilt after being medical, medically cleared today by the Wake Forest medical staff. So that indeed good news for the Demon Deacons. Pete Thamel now with some other injuries and we'll start with Ohio State who get the win over Notre Dame. Crucial for the start of their season, but they lose perhaps Jackson Smith and Jigba. What's the latest there? Well, Jackson Smith and Jigba is the best receiver in, in the country, Wendy, and Ohio State, uh, Ryan Day said today, is going to be cautious with Jackson Smith and Jigba. They have Arkansas State this week, and they have Toledo next week. And he said that generally Jackson Smith and Jigba's injury is not serious, but they're not going to put him at any risk to rush him back. Uh, the next big game against a ranked team in the Buckeyes schedule comes in week four against Wisconsin. So Ryan Day declared today that they're going to play it safe with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Pete, UNC escapes. In fact, escape is the only word with that victory against Appalachian State. Just an insane fourth quarter. But they do so without receiver Josh Downs. Any update there? Yeah, Wendy, Josh Downs is the, one of the best receivers in the ACC. And I've been told he's going to be week to week. So I'd expect a game time decision this week at Georgia State in Atlanta when the Tar Heels travel down there. Downs, again, it's been stressing me his injury is not considered serious and they're going to go on a week-to-week -week basis to see how he's feeling to bring him back. All right, Pete, speaking of receivers, a situation I think folks also are watching after week one, and that is the frustration, the clear frustration of LSU receiver Kayshawn Booty. He limited to two, two receptions, 20 yards, and then afterwards deleting most LSU-related things from his social media. That prompted some questions about what this all meant, including from our own Todd McShay, says, I'm dying to know, and we'll find out, by the way, the real story on what's going on with LSU and its star wide receiver, Kayshawn Booty, his blatant lack of interest in getting him involved, and Booty's obvious frustration was alarming. And then you add to it the social media situation, Pete, and it gets your attention. Uh, any answers, perhaps, for sure. McShay's question? Yeah, you can tell Todd, Wendy, that I talked to some sources at LSU today. And Kayshawn Booty met with Brian Kelly yesterday. They had, they had a long talk. The, the social media scrubbing stemmed more from the negativity coming from fans, quote-unquote fans, I guess we should say, and his, his wanting to avoid uh, the noise in, in the wake of his poor performance. Uh, 
I've been told Keishan Booty has been in the facility. He's been engaged. He's full go for this week. And uh, there's a lesson when you're number seven at LSU, Wendy. That, that means you're the best football player in the state of Louisiana that's not on the Saints. And there's some pressure that comes with that. And I think this is a moment of learning for Keishan Booty as he deals with the expectations of being the best player at LSU and being one of the best receivers uh, projected in the upcoming NFL draft. Uh, he's going to have to fight through some adversity. Uh, there's no question. That's a big number on a big stage. LSU hosting Southern this weekend. Pete Thamel, thank you. We'll continue to watch that as we continue to watch some rematches. Some teams facing a familiar foe. We break down the rematches and debate who has the best chance for redemption. Coming up. You're watching College Football Live. Presented by Zillow. College Football Live is presented by Zillow. There's no place like Zillow. Some big matchups on top this week. Top-ranked Alabama will be in Austin to take on Texas. The Tide are nearly three touchdown road favorites. Tennessee's a road favorite against Pittsburgh in a ranked matchup. Florida coming off a big win over Utah and up to number 12 in the poll. They are favored over Kentucky. And BYU, a small favorite, hosting number nine, Baylor. You might remember last year it was Kenny Pickett who threw for 285 yards and two touchdowns and ran for a score to lead Pittsburgh to the 41-34 win over Tennessee. The Panther defense picked up five sacks, recovered two fumbles, and had an interception and a crucial fourth-quarter goal line stand to seal their second win of the season last year. If we're still breaking down that tape from last year, we got some major issues. We're like in slow motion like a turtle. Um, no, we've, we've, we've looked at that. We've looked at stuff all summer on Tennessee and, and every opponent that we play. So, you know, we're ahead as far as where we need to be. You know, we, we've dissected that. We know what we did well, what we did bad, what we have to do to fix it. But they're going to have stuff that they're going to do to say, okay, this is what Pitt did well. We got we to do this. And Man, last week has nothing to do with, uh, with this coming week. Um, you know, a year ago has nothing to do with what's going to happen this week. Um, you know, perform um, the right way. Uh, the, re the way that you do that is you prepare the right way. And so, you know, that's in the film room, um, making sure that we're gaining an edge on that side of it, prepared for it, uh, practice in a great way, and then be ready to go compete. Whoever sets these odds, who knows, you know? You guys are gambling. I don't, you know, I'm not a gambler. And uh, five points, seven points, underdog. I like being the underdog. That's good. I will, I will share it. All right, good position then. But, Greg, can lightning strike twice for Pittsburgh? They can. I mean, Pitt, to me, showed a level of resolve last week. Didn't play great by any stretch of the imagination. Made a couple mistakes and found a way to win. That's what good teams do. And I think if you look at Pitt and how they match up against Tennessee, it really starts with their pass rush. That's where they have to be elite. Tennessee has done a beautiful job of transitioning into this tempo offense that Josh Heupel has found Hendon Hooker, and they have tremendous wideouts. But the one issue with Tennessee is the offensive line. It's a little bit untested. There's some guys that haven't necessarily played extensive playing time, and they're replacing maybe their best guy from the tackle standpoint last year. So if you can look at Pitt's pass rush, and if they can neutralize the tempo by getting Tennessee behind the sticks, Joey, that's when I think they become really problematic. And that's when I think Pitt can create a lot of opportunities for themselves defensively.
And the toughest thing for coaches to do is get these 18, 19, 20-year-old kids to get up week after week after week. You come off a rivalry game like the backyard brawl, then can you get your team back up to that level of emotion to get ready to play again? Now, it helps that the game was on Thursday. So they have a couple extra days to put that game behind them and get ready for Tennessee. And then also, Coach Narduzzi mentioned it, them being underdogs, that's the kind of thing that gets your team up and ready to play. All right, guys, we continue. That's not the only rematch or, I should say, chance for a redemption. Remember this one last year, Kentucky rallied to beat a top-10-ranked Florida team. You had a blocked field goal. It was returned, and then Chris Rodriguez Jr. had a nine-yard scoring run early in the fourth. Kentucky made a final defensive stand to hold off the Gators by a touchdown. It's just the fourth time in series history Kentucky and Florida have met with both ranked in the AP poll. The last time, 2006. Seven and eight point win for the Gators. Before that, the last such meeting came in 1952. They're coming off a big week one win with Utah. Is Florida, Joey, primed for the upset? I don't know if they're primed for the upset. I think we're going to learn a lot about Florida this week. Uh, it, it's at home once again, and this is Coach Napier's first year with this team. And so how well do you know, does he know these guys? Does he know how to motivate them? Does he know how to get them up? They went from unranked, all of a sudden they're ranked. They knocked off a Utah team, a very emotional game that ended on a huge play at the end. Now can you get them back up? I want to see what kind of team Florida is. Anthony Richardson might be a star. We're going to find out this week. Yeah, and Kentucky, too, conversely on the other side. Uh, they kind of struggled a little bit against Miami, Ohio. Now, I, struggle is a relative term, right? But it was not the start that kind of expected. They were a little sloppy offensively. The offensive line didn't really gel all that well. So I would expect actually a much improved Kentucky team this week. I thought Will Levis threw the ball pretty dang well. I thought the receivers, including Tavion Robinson, the transfer from Virginia Tech, was phenomenal. Maybe the best group on the field all day long. For the Kentucky Wildcats. So I think if you look at what Florida did last week, it was really, really impressive. But I almost think, and this might sound crazy, I think Kentucky actually matches up better against Florida than Utah did. So I think this game is a chance to come down to the wire, and I think it's a photo finish at the game's end. Greg, I know you're calling this game over the weekend, and, and obviously you're happy for the success if you're the Gators. And, you know, the polls are what they are. It's so early. But as a head coach, you know, what are you right. telling your team, uh, given that they went from unranked, they're now at 12 in terms of, hey, you know, don't buy the hype. Let's take it one game at a time. Uh, do you have to guard against looking ahead if you're the Gators? I, I, I think it's easy. You say, look how quickly they raised us. But look at Oregon. Look how quickly they fell. So the example's right in front of you. You're only as good as your most recent performance. Isn't that the truth? All right, guys, some teams with a chance to redeem themselves from last year. We got a lot of football to be played. Uh, we're off tomorrow. See you back here on Thursday.